Lord, we trust you. We thank you for your presence here, God. We know in your presence, things change. So Lord, we acknowledge your presence here. And in doing so, we open our hearts to whatever you want to do today. In us, with us. Lord, we trust you and we give you all praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. Looking for fun, safe content for the children in your church? Welcome to Right Now Media, a digital library that includes more than 2,000 wholesome, educational, and entertaining videos for kids. Giddy up, space cowboy, time to rock this rocket. The Kids Library has over 140 different shows that are both entertaining and biblical. Today, we'll see the very interesting way Paul wraps up his letter. With a bow tie, with polka dots. These kids' episodes are great for family night, daily devotions, or everyday life. Through Right Now Media, you'll gain access to content like Superbook, Veggie Tales, the Slugs and Bugs Show, The Mr. Phil Show, and many more. Give your kids great content anytime, anywhere, on any device. Whoa! That was a blast! I love Right Now Media, and my family loves Right Now Media. Earlier this week, um, my, my daughter, on, during breakfast time, I was eating breakfast anyhow, we, I put on um, an animated Bible story from Right Now Media for her. She got to watch about the life of Paul. And I thought, how cool is that? You know, to this day, we're, our minds are so visual. And to this day, when I read the Bible, I think back, like when I'm reading it, I'm imagining the people that I saw when I was a kid in, those, in those, some of those shows. And I'm glad I can have access to that same stuff for my kids. But right now, media is not just for kids. That's one big library that they have, but there's a lot of Bible studies for adults and specifically for teens as well. And I hope you take advantage of that. They have an app for uh, any device. Uh, really, but to, you just got to sign up for it, uh, and that's free to you, and the link is on mynewhope.in. I think that would be a blessing to your life. Um, also, this Thursday, coming up this Thursday, we have a blood drive here with the Red Cross. If you want to be involved with that blood drive, I encourage you to go to mynewhope.in, and there's information there uh, on the uh, uh, events page uh, explaining how you can sign up for uh, the blood drive there. Uh, also on mynewhope.in is the sermon experience, where if you, the Sunday experience, where if you tap that, everything you need to engage with our services is right there at mynewhope.in, and you just tap on the Sunday experience. Also there on that page is Pastor Deal's notes for the message that he's going to come and give to us right now. ago, uh, we started the new year, 2020, with a series, preaching series, looking at uh, encounters that people had with Christ, uh, or with God, I should say with God, because sometimes it's Christ, sometimes it's Old Testament, and I thought it would be good for us, since we're starting a new year, to do that again and look at some other opportunities, because I, I want us to see that people 
meet God in different ways. It's not a one-size-fits-all rule. Some people discover God with Bible study. You know, it's, it's just reading the Bible. Other people have an earthquake experience, you know, a crisis, dramatic crisis in their life. That was my, my experience. Everybody's a little different, and we need to give God the freedom to be able to do what he does the way he does with all kinds of different people in different time eras and different ways. Uh, and we're going to read a story today where uh, a jailer, a Gentile, had an encounter with God. And maybe this is a story of you. Maybe it's how you encountered God, or maybe it's setting you up to encounter God that you haven't encountered yet. But one thing we need to learn with these encounters, we're calling this series Divine Encounters. Last year we called it Enchanting Encounters. Uh, one thing we need to learn is that Christianity is a personal relationship. It is an encounter. It's not just a, the way you change your mind. It's God changing your mind for you. It's God turning your, the way you think inside out. It's the Spirit of God coming in and born, being, making born again your dead spirit. So you have a relationship with God. So here's, here's the story. It's in Acts chapter 16, and I'm going to start reading in verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Dramatic change had come to this man's life. I believe the earthquake was not about Paul and Silas. The earthquake was about the jailer. God was out to get that guy. And there was no other way to get him but through Paul and Silas. No other way to get Paul and Silas activated in this conversion process but to get them arrested and thrown in prison so they would sing praises to God in the middle of the night, in the middle of the storm. So I want to uh, take some time this morning and unpack that message we just read. Uh, Paul and Silas were out preaching on the street. That doesn't mean they, they got up on a platform and they said, hear ye, hear ye, and they began a formal sermon. No, they just went out, found some people, and started talking. 
They started talking about what they had learned, their experience with God. They just began talking about it. And once you begin talking about it, other people want to come and hear. And so a whole crowd came around, began listening, and, and people were asking questions. Picture, picture this kind of thing happening at your workplace. You know, some people wouldn't like what you're saying, but other people, you're talking something that, that opens a door in them, that pulls, pulls on their hearts. They, they want to hear more about it. And so it stirred up such a commotion that the people that didn't want to hear it got other people together, and there was this big riot going on. And so they came and they arrested Paul and Silas, took them away. Now, when you, when you want to keep somebody out of circulation, you want to suppress them, you want to shut their mouth, you don't want them to be able to communicate. So they called on a jailer. You know what a jailer is. In, in our society, we call him a jail commander or a warden in the prison system. And you want somebody in that kind of a setting to be a control freak, somebody who's absolute, somebody who knows how to lock up doors and knows how to keep them locked. So they got this jail commander because he knew how to get things done. He knew how to control the situation. He was an in-control guy. And he took control, and he punished Paul and Silas. He whipped them. And when they whipped people, it wasn't like the whipping I got when I was a kid, you know, with a switch or a board. I mean, it tore the, tore the flesh off their back. And then they put them in prison. Tomorrow they get to dis discover if they're going to live or if they're going to die. But tonight they're in prison, lost their hope in the natural world. You ever been there where you lost your hope in the natural world around you? Don't forget, you're an alien. You don't belong in this place. This isn't your world. We're just passing through. So they locked him up in chains in the dungeon. And they began singing. I want to share four, four aspects of this story. Here's number one. Singing in the rain. Yes. They began singing in the rain. It's the middle of the night. If you've just had the flesh ripped apart on your back, you wouldn't be getting much sleep that night either. They're in there in agony. And they began singing praises to God. I think I'd just be a little bit tempted to get mad at God. God, this is what I do for you, and this is the thanks I get? This is how you're going to watch out for me? But they realized the whipping they had gotten sitting in the dungeon had absolutely nothing to do with God. This had everything to do with their obedience and their communicating this to people that needed to hear the message. So they're singing in the rain. There's, you know, there's something about music that stirs our soul deep down in our emotions. When I was in high school, most of my classmates were listening to the contemporary music. I was just a little bit of an oddball. I, list, I listened to Joanne Baez. She was my favorite singer when I was in high school. A lot of you, you, you don't even know who is Joanne Baez. I would imagine that I'm talking to some of my generation at home who remember who Joanne Baez is. She was a folk artist, and I liked the ballads that she sang, the stories that she tell, tell with her songs. I, I really liked Joanne Baez. But when I graduated from high school and got out, I was growing, I was maturing, and my interests changed, and I began to be interested 
in the Beatles and the Beach Boys, you know, that fast pace, uh, go daddy, go daddy, go daddy, go thing. I like that kind of song. I got into that. My, my son's having a kick out of that. <laughs> then Uncle Sam called, and I went to serve the military for three years, and my interest in styles changed then because I was now in the barracks living with a, a bunch of guys that were mostly uh, into this anti-war, anti-Vietnam kind of thing, and I got into some of the other kind of music. Creedence Clearwater Revival, Janis Joplin, that kind of, that kind of music. I, my, it, my interest changed. Each of those stirred my emotions. Music stirs your emotions. Did you know that? 1971, I had a salvation experience with Jesus Christ, turned my life around. And my interest then went into contemporary Christian music. Now, contemporary Christian music was a new thing. Among the church, didn't like that. The church didn't like that contemporary music. They wanted to sing the 200-year-old hymns, and I'm good with 200-year-old hymns. I, can, I still sing, and I worship God with them. But this new kind of music grabbed my soul, and I got interested in this Christian rock that was just becoming, and I've been a follower of Christian music ever since. Although every now and then, I get a little bored, and I'd like to go back to the old East Channel on my radio and listen to the go daddy go daddy go daddy go <laughs> why do I like to listen to that because it takes me back to my youth it takes me back to a time where I didn't have the pressures and problems I have today it takes me back to that the, the time when my hormones were going crazy and I was interested in girls not that I'm not anymore <laughs> My wife knows I am. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19 says, We need to speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. To the Lord. Not to each other. To the Lord. We're singing to the Lord. So here's Paul and Silas singing to the Lord in the middle of adversity, in the middle of chaos. They're singing to the Lord. Listen, each of us have a song we're singing. What kind of song are we singing? Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Some of us are singing that song. Every time, every time we talk with one another, that's the topic. That's, that's, what we're, that's where we're at. I'd rather sing a song that says, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. You're welcome in my life. Speak to me right now. It says the other prisoners were listening to them. Did you catch that? The other prisoners were listening to them. There are people all around you that are listening to your song. Yes. The song that you're singing. What is the song that you're singing? I have something to do with the song I'm singing. I have something to do with the channel I'm tuned into. So, singing in the rain, that's the first part. We've got to move on to the second part here. And that was the seismic shift at midnight. That's what an earthquake is, you know. An earthquake is when the, 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 the solid rock plates down deep in the ground shift. 
I mean, they're, they're constantly shifting, but they're wedged together so they can't move. And the pressure builds up and builds up and builds up. And finally, the pressure's built up so much it breaks free. And it either shifts this way or that way or up or down, and it rocks everything above it. Now, we don't know if that earthquake was caused by God or if it was caused by Satan. Because Satan is not happy with the fact there was a woman who was a fortune teller who just got delivered from her bondage. That shakes the spiritual world. That's what got everybody, that's what got everybody upset that got Paul and Silas arrested. When you rock the boat spiritually, there's a price to pay. There's a spiritual battle. And when you see uh, the, an earthquake level thing happen in somebody's life, like it, it happened with that woman, her life was changed. When you see something like that happen, Satan's not happy. He's going to do everything he can to reverse things. He's going to do everything he can to take a delivered person and drag them back into the bondage they were in before. He'll do everything he can to do that. So there's a seismic shift that's going on. And the prison was seriously damaged. This is public property. Government paid for that. Devastated. Destroyed. Maybe you've had an earthquake experience in your life in 2020. Maybe 2020 was the earthquake experience in your life. Turned everything upside down. I mean, there's not a person in this room hasn't been affected negatively by 2020. By the COVID thing, by the racial tensions that we've seen in the past year, by the election turmoil. You know, we have to have, we're Americans, we have to have confidence in our system. This has shaken us to the core. And no one saw that earthquake coming. And no one saw our earthquake coming. It was like all of a sudden there's a perfect storm of problems happening to us in our country, in our personal lives. It's changed the way we do things. It's an earthquake. And we don't know if the earthquake came from God to wake us up, or we don't know if the earthquake came from Satan because he's just mad at something that's happening in the world. But nonetheless, God's very good at taking bad things and turning them into good. He's good at that. So no one saw the earthquake coming. And no one saw that jailer coming out of his bedchamber either. It was a wake-up experience. God's given wake-up experiences all the time. For every earthquake experience, there's results. Some are negative and some are positive. I choose to look for the positive every time the earth's quaking. Every time I see some negative thing happening, I want to see, okay, what's God going to do with this? How is God going to bring something good out of this bad thing? Because he is a good God. It's in his, he can do anything. Nothing's impossible with God. And he's a good God. And he's able to work even in the year 2021. He was even working in 2020. Did you know that? 41 people made a decision for Christ the last half of the year 2020 because we prayed. Because we prayed, we counted. We wouldn't have counted if we hadn't prayed. So we can, we've got verifiable results. And we didn't doctor the numbers either. 
So some things were opened as well as being closed. The doors swung open. The people who were in bondage in those prisons, the doors swung open. They were liberated. They were free. That's good news. Individual shackles and stocks came open. How did stocks on their feet come open? You know what that is? It's two, two boards with a couple openings in them clamped down. How did they come open? Because of an earthquake. See, God was at work manipulating things. Yes. Let, me, let me say it again. God was at work manipulating things. Yes. I believe God is at work today in our country manipulating things. Come on, don't do this to me. Okay, here, and there's a third thing that came open, and that's the jailer's eyes. He's wide awake. He's been sound asleep, but now he's awake. We read that in verse, uh, really it's in verse 27, which takes us to the third thing I want us to see. The third part of the story is waking from a deep sleep. The Philippian jailer had been in a deep sleep. He was sleeping good. He didn't care about those prisoners in there. That's their problem. He's the one that was responsible for them getting whipped, but it's their problem. They did the wrong thing, right? So he's sleeping like a baby. He's got a clear conscience. He doesn't have any problems, but all of a sudden, an earthquake has woken him up. Just like in this room, for some of us, an earthquake has woken us up. We didn't realize something that God had just shown to us. So couple things he lost. Number one, he lost his sleep. He's wide awake. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14 says, For anything that comes, becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, it says, he's quoting from the scripture, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Maybe what God's saying to you in this earthquake is, Wake up. Wake up, oh sleeper. You've been sleeping long enough. It's time to wake up. My wife had to come in the bedroom this morning, and I heard, I'm sound asleep, and I heard this, Ralph. I said, yeah. She said, it's Sunday. We have church today. Oh, time to wake up. She's my alarm clock. Wake up, oh sleeper. Wake up. I think God's trying to wake some of us up. The second thing about the jailer is he lost his hope, pulled out his sword, to commit suicide. He's going to end his life. Why does anybody end their life? Because they lost their hope. If I have hope, then I'll hang on. Maybe something, will, maybe something will change tomorrow. Maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel. I don't feel it, but maybe, maybe, maybe. You take the maybe away, and somebody, you might as well end your life. There's no purpose for living. So he took his sword out to end his life because he lost his hope. And then the third thing is, he lost control. Why do we want a jailer in the first place? Because we want somebody to take control over these problematic people. We want somebody who will keep them from hurting somebody else. So we're going to, we want a jail commander who will be in control. And he's just lost control. There's something really fearful about somebody who's a control freak and, and tries to manipulate things to be in control when they lose control. I mean, it's devastating when you feel like you've lost control. I've been there. I don't like it. You don't like it. 
But God wants to be in control. And the only way God's going to be in control is if we let him be in control, which means I have to relinquish control myself. This is what it is to make Jesus Lord of your life. This is what we call lordship. It's when you stop being in control and you welcome his control in your life. And the only way you and people like you and I can do that is if we have faith in him. We have to have confidence that he's not going to hurt us, not going to let us down. Which takes us to the fourth thing we want to see, the fourth aspect of the story. And that's we've got to give up control to God. That's in verse 28. We've got to give up control to God. So Paul says to the jailer who has just lost control, got his sword out, he says, wait, 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 don't do yourself any harm. We're all still here. We're all still here. Look around. We're all still here. Maybe he's saying that to you in your situation where you're losing control of something. Maybe he's saying, wait, 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 look around, look around. Maybe there's another side to this coin. Don't judge it too soon. Maybe you're discouraged about what's happening in our country, but wait, wait, wait. Maybe he can turn this around. Maybe there's something good that's still coming. Wait, hold on. Notice this. This would be the ideal time for Paul and Silas to take control. I mean, the jailer's about to end his life. Everybody's free. This would be the perfect time for Paul and Silas, the leaders that they are, to organize a revolt and break out of there. But Paul and Silas didn't do that. Paul and Silas recognized this is a God moment. God has set this up. And here comes the jailer, and he's still alive. He's not dead yet. He's going to be dead in just a minute if we don't intervene, but he's not dead yet. So they take, they step into the opportunity. I want to encourage you and I to step into the opportunity. Proverb chapter 16, verse 9 says, A man's heart plans his way. You get that? Your heart, what's down on the inside. A man's heart plans his way. What you feel is the right thing makes you plot a course, makes you plan a course of direction of what you're going to do. It's your heart that does that. But the Lord directs his steps. In other words, if you've plotted a way and the Lord wants you to go another way, he knows how, he knows how to put up the detour sign. He knows how... He knows how to get us moving in another direction. So it's not over yet. Right? It's not over yet. When Jesus comes back, it's all over. But he hadn't come back yet. It might be this afternoon, but it might not. We don't know. He doesn't tip his hand. He doesn't tell us. We just have to stay ready for him to come back. But it could be. So the jailer says, what must I do to be saved? Wonderful question. I wish more people would ask me that question because I've got an answer. What must I do to be saved? That's a great question for you to keep in your back pocket. The next time you get some bad news, the next time the earthquakes in your life, the next time some, some, something goes awry, that's a good question. To just stop what you're doing, 
close your eyes or look up to the sky and say, okay, God, what must I do to be saved? What do you want me to do now? How do I deal with this? I don't like what's happening around me, but what do I do? What's my responsibility? What do I need to do to be saved? Great question. Because Romans 8, 28 says, and we know. Everybody say, we know. We know know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. According to his purpose, not your purpose, his purpose. He has a purpose. He's working something out. We need to remember that. So the jailer saw something in all this. He saw Jesus. He had an encounter with Jesus. This is good news because you can have an encounter with Jesus right in the middle of your storm, right in the middle of the earthquake, right in the middle of everything falling apart. You can have an encounter with Jesus. And even if you've already had one, the good news is you can have another one. You can have a renewal. What must I do to be saved? It's possible that the closed door you're seeing right now in your life that's impacted you so deeply is really an open door for a whole new direction that you never thought about. You didn't see it coming because God just loves surprises. He He loves surprises. What Gomer Pyle say? Surprise, surprise, surprise. God's got another surprise coming our way. This is good news. Let's stand together. We're gonna we're gonna sing actually two songs. So don't those of you that are home don't turn out too soon. We're gonna listen. We're gonna do two more songs. Worship is a part of the message. It's a part of what we do. Yes. So let's let's worship together with this song.